Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Energy and Utilities Market Talk podcast. Today, the focus will be on wind power. The International Energy Agency recently released its Global Energy Review for 2021, where they forecast that renewable energy electricity generation in 2021 is set to expand by more than 8%, the fastest year-on-year growth to date. The IEA said that renewable energy use increased 3% in 2020 as demand for all other fuels declined. We also recently heard from IRENA in their latest report that renewable energy accounted for more than 80% of all capacity additions in 2020. However, there's still much more work to be done. The IEA also said that CO2 emissions will rise by 5% in 2021 as energy demand recovers from the COVID-19 pandemic and countries start to move out of lockdown. So although it's clearly we're going in the right direction, if the targets set out in the Paris Climate Accord are to be met, there's still much more work to be done. Interestingly, in its latest report, the IEA said that wind is set for the largest increase in renewable energy generation, growing by 275 terawatt hours, almost 17% this year, which is significantly greater than 2020 levels. So it's a great time for us to host this podcast. I'm delighted to welcome today Mohamed Bouzaid, the General Manager for Vestas in the MENA region. Vestas, as you will all know, is one of the world's largest wind power companies. So we're delighted to welcome you today, Mohamed. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for pronouncing my name quite accurately. <laughs> I tried my best. I think to start, just to, to set the scene, Mohammed, if you could give us a little bit of an introduction to Vestas and talk a little bit about the impact that the pandemic has had on Vestas's business in the region. Has it changed the way the company operates? We are roughly 29,000 employees in Vestas, all committed to provide clean energy to the world. And it's this drive that has led us to become the industry's global partner in sustainable energy solutions and the world's largest wind energy company. Uh, We have today uh, over 77,000 wind turbines installed across the globe. They provide more than 132 gigawatt of, of clean energy. In MENA in particular, we have been here since the early 90s uh, with projects in Egypt and Jordan. But as soon as we recognized the region's readiness to, to make this green transition, we took the decision to formally set up the, the MENA organization in 2019. And I was tasked to, to lead it. I'm extremely grateful and super inspired to be part of this journey. First of all, because energy is my bread and butter. I've spent most of my professional career in this industry. And secondly, that it really inspires me to operate in my own region. It's a different thing to bring clean energy to your own home. So that's a little bit about Vestas. And in regards to the the pandemic and its impact, I would say, and you already touched base on that in your introduction, 2020 was clearly the year of, of clean energy and also a record year for the wind industry in terms of new wind turbine installation. And this is confirmed by the Global Wind Energy Council. This has obviously helped us invest us. And according to recent article published in the Financial Times, Vestas came out to be number 41 out of the top 100 companies that prospered during this pandemic. So while the pandemic has 
disrupted many areas of our lives negatively, it has clearly had a positive impact here, especially in helping to speed up the green energy transition. Sure. I remember last year when the COVID pandemic was really starting, there, there was concern, particularly in parts of the world like this, which is known for producing oil and gas, that renewable energy projects would sort of stall and, and be left by the wayside. But what we're actually seeing is a, a new commitment to moving ahead with clean energy projects. And we, we've seen recently uh, Joe Biden hosted a large event. We invited mm-hmm. all the world leaders to participate. So I think that the global push is really now on. Thanks for the introduction, Mohammed. If you could just tell us a little bit about Vestas' projects in the MENA region. We have already more than 1.5 gigawatt of onshore wind power in MENA. This is either installed or under construction capacity. In uh, the Kingdom of Saudi, we have currently, or we are currently installing a uh, 415 megawatt wind park in Dumat al-Jandal. This is in the Al-Juf region. And it marks the first phase of Saudi Arabia's plan to install 16 gigawatt of wind power capacity by 2030. In Egypt, we we were one of the first contributors to the development of the country's uh, wind energy infrastructure back in the 90s. And in September of last year, we signed for the development of a 252 megawatt power plant in Gulf of Suez. In addition, we installed a project in Morocco called uh, Kaladi Wind Park and five other wind parks across the country in Jordan. So that's basically where we are today, but uh, this is merely the start. I'm I'm very optimistic about the future of of green energy in MENA. The most exciting markets in the region you're active in already, Egypt and Morocco and, and Saudi Arabia, that was the first utility scale wind project, wasn't it? And how excited are you about Saudi Arabia? You you mentioned already 16 gigawatts of wind capacity planned there by 2030. However, only one project today. But do you think that, you know, Saudi Arabia is going to deliver on this programme? And how excited are you about the market? Well, I'm I'm very excited. You know, Kingdom of Saudi is ranked uh, as the 13th country with highest potential for wind production of, of onshore wind. The country has an annual average of onshore wind speeds at around six and uh, eight uh, meters per second. And this is a very good range to gain economic benefit from wind power. And the decision makers in the kingdom are very much aware about this uh, potential. And that's why wind energy is a cornerstone in uh, Vision 2030. So seeing that happen uh, really excites us and motivates us and, and we can see we want to be part of this transition, no doubt. But this is just in Saudi. And you, you mentioned that that we're quite active in, uh, we call them ourselves the gigawatt markets, uh, Egypt, Morocco, and Saudi. But it, it certainly go beyond there. Uh, there are very good potential uh, of wind in the region. I was going to ask that for the next question. You've led nicely on to it. A lot of the projects that you've mentioned there in, in Egypt and, and Saudi Arabia and Jordan are around sort of the Red Sea coast area. Is there opportunity in other countries in in the Middle East and and North Africa? And where do you expect to see these? Well, definitely the best winds in the region is in the 
in the Red Sea area and uh, on the far seas of, of Morocco or the western part of Morocco. If we look at other countries, you know, so far the region has been very much centered on the generation of electricity from oil and gas, fire power plants. But today we're seeing more governments setting very ambitious renewable energy targets. And I think this is driven by the fact that in recent years we have seen a sharp fall in the cost of solar and wind technologies. In addition to the fact that government have, have, a, have a need to really diversify their economy and, and their energy portfolio. And as I mentioned, most importantly, we have great potential for wind and solar with the number of SEM hours and the capacity in, in across the region. Now, beyond those three gigawatt markets, we our pipeline is, is enormous. We see potentials in, for example, UAE. Oman is looking promising. So does Lebanon, Tunisia, Algeria, Kuwait, Iraq, Yemen, just to name a few. And uh, Many of these projects that are being tendered are, are very interesting in the sense that they are not just conventional wind farms, but more of a hybrid solution, mostly between solar and wind, or another one powering a green uh, hydrogen plant with uh, wind energy, for example. So we have this uh, potential of, of you know combining solar and wind in the region that is an enormous potential that we should really... Uh, cherish uh, in the region. You mentioned an important point there that reducing carbon emissions is a priority now across the globe, but particularly in this region, it's also about diversifying their economies. You have the Division 2030 in Saudi Arabia and the other countries in the Gulf that have traditionally had their economies based around the oil and gas market. They need to diversify into to new sectors as well. And renewables offers an opportunity for that and also you touched on the combining solar and wind energy and do you expect to see more of that going forward hybrid projects due to at the moment most of the renewable projects in the region are intermittent peak energy resources without storage very good question there is definitely a benefit in combining the two sources and in fact they work better together the synergy and complementarity between the two sources will give us uh, the real cost efficiency. Having them at the same location can reduce grid and battery cost and level out the power supply. So uh, we don't see solar power as a challenge. In fact, we encourage them to be combined. And remember what I just said earlier, our pipeline consists of several opportunities of these hybrid projects which means that the market recognizes the potential of both uh, wind and solar and the benefit of, uh, of combining them. There's a, a lot of potential there. And I'd be interested to ask your opinion on this, Mohammed. In the region, the projects that we're talking about so far are all onshore wind projects. And we do have a lot of our customers that ask about the potential for for offshore wind. Obviously in Europe there's plenty where where I'm from in Scotland there's a few large offshore wind projects just off the, the coast. Do you think there's potential for offshore wind in the MENA region? I do. The demand for offshore wind energy has accelerated worldwide in the recent years from being uh, I think 1% of the global uh, wind installed capacity back in 2009 to over 
10% back in uh, or in 2019 and it's expected to reach around 25 gigawatt per year by 2030. It's currently growing mainly in Asia and North America. In MENA, I would say that we need to develop onshore wind and gain experience from it before putting emphasis on offshore wind. That does not mean that there is no potential for it. Uh, to the contrary, we, we have good wind capacity in the seas around our region. Having that said, we can see some good opportunity to help oil and gas majors transitioning into renewables. For example, using floating offshore wind technology to power up uh, their oil rigs out in the in the deep sea. That's going to be an interesting development to see how the region's oil and gas companies integrate integrate renewables and, and wind energy into their infrastructure. We've talked about combining solar and wind mm-hmm. as part of a hybrid model. What do you think about other storage prospects such as batteries? We're seeing some battery projects around the world now. There's there's one in Australia, I remember, in particular, where the large wind project that was using batteries for storage. When do you think that, that will be cost efficient on a large scale? And I assume that should offer even more opportunities for renewable companies when utilities and energy companies know that they can install renewables and have the ability to store it and, and release power at any time. Yeah, I wish I was Elon Musk to answer this question. Joking aside, there are many active players in this uh, area already. We investors are playing a small part through our partnership with uh, Mercedes-Benz. In this partnership, we have been able to explore opportunities for electrification, not only on the track, but also off the track and in both industries. Currently, we have co-developed a unique battery energy storage system, which powers their electric vehicles in a sustainable way. I would say we're still not there in terms of benefiting from a large-scale battery storage solution, but I'm certain we'll get there soon. I mean, you mentioned Australia, which is a very uh, good example, but uh, in a cost-effective way, we still need some time. But, you know, there are, as mentioned earlier, there are other means of storage. We can benefit from transforming wind energy to green hydrogen and and store it for a later stage. And in some cases, we can avoid the need of storage completely by combining solar during the day and wind at night and can therefore, you know, skip the peak and go into a baseload power plant and, and operate 24 hours. I would say that the need for battery storage Definitely out there, but it's less so now. Yes, green hydrogen is becoming, you know, quite an exciting phrase in the energy sector. We're seeing a lot of focus now on on the potential for green hydrogen, which will take some time to get going. But of course, that that will offer the opportunity for for energy shifting and and storage in, in in the future as well. And that was interesting what you said about Mercedes-Benz and Vestas working with them. That's very interesting. So Mercedes powered by Vestas. Exactly. exactly. Something to look out for. And talking about innovation and and new technologies, digitization is also becoming a key theme across the energy sector and the utility sector, in particular in the region. How important are digital technologies 
and innovations becoming an increasing efficiency of wind energy products? Oh, well, definitely very important. And like every industry today, uh, Vestas is also digitalizing its its operations. In 2018, we acquired uh, Utopus Insights to help us build our digital solutions uh, and, and go beyond uh, you know, our, our normal uh, design, manufacturing and installing capabilities. In the renewable world, wind turbines are already quite digital in terms of collecting data from them. But, but now we are at a stage where we can forecast and predict weather changes and potential failure uh, of our systems. Uh, which can help us optimize our maintenance and, and schedule operations. But we aim to go beyond that and, and become automated by, by having real-time data come through on how the weather is changing and what impact it has on the, on the turbine, and from there take the right action. So these are some opportunities on the generation side, and there's a whole lot more on the distribution side when it comes to connecting, you know, the consumer and, and provider. I'm no expert on that, and I know that that you recently had uh, Michael uh, Wilkinson from Oedipus in in your uh, in one of your uh, podcasts. So so I'm sure that uh, he, he answered this much better than I. That's right, Mohammed. We did recently have Michael Wilkinson from. Utopus Insights on a recent podcast. So if you're interested on listening to what Michael has to say about digitalization and particularly the importance of data and the work of data forecasters and data analysts in the renewable energy sector, please, you can find that on energyutilities.com. Mohammed, you mentioned green hydrogen when we were talking about the technologies available for energy storage and assisting in energy transition. Well, green hydrogen's become sort of a, a buzz phrase over the past year in the energy sector. In the Middle East, we've seen the formation of the MENA Hydrogen Alliance. We've seen some of the, the energy companies in the region, uh, such as ADNOC in Abu Dhabi, join initiatives for developing clean hydrogen. We've seen other companies such as, as Mazdar involved in green hydrogen initiatives as well. What do you think about the potential for green hydrogen across the region? I think it, there's a great potential and I have no doubt that, that green hydrogen will become a key enabler to decarbonize our energy systems. And as mentioned earlier, there's a great benefit of transforming cheap environmental friendly wind energy to clean gas that can be utilized at a later stage. We're seeing countries in MENA explore green hydrogen, like uh, Saudi Arabia and, uh, and Oman. Another uh, very good example is Morocco. In the context of the European Green Deal and, and the German-Moroccan partnership, I think the, the country will play a vital role in this area, especially through its uh, close proximity and existing electrical power lines to Europe. So what Morocco lacks in hydrocarbons is uh, compensated by the excellent solar and wind capacity that exists there. And again, here a combination of solar and wind power can provide a high load factor for the electrolysis process, leading to a very competitive cost of the green hydrogen. Yes, so that's going to be something interesting for all of us covering the market and for companies such as Vestas involved in the market should offer a lot of opportunities 
moving forward. So that's a good place to wrap up the discussion for today. We could go on, but we've covered, I think, most of the key areas of interest at the moment. Mohammed, we've talked about some of Vestas's projects in the region. We've talked about the potential for new technologies and new markets of opportunity in the MENA region. We've also discussed the benefits of combining solar and wind for hybrid models and finishing on green hydrogen there, which is, of course, a really interesting theme and, and something we'll be watching closely over the coming months and years. So I'd like to thank you, Mohammed, for joining us today and giving us some, some fascinating insight there into the, the wind sector in the region. Thank you for having me here and it was a nice discussion. Thank you to everyone listening and we look forward to welcoming you back soon. Mm-hmm.